First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Katie Nall about fear of COVID and compassion fatigue within organizations. Katie Nall, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. I'm so I'm so pleased to be here. I appreciate this. Yeah, I'm super excited to be able to chat with you again. We last met and and discussed um, issues back in May, I believe. Uh, we were talking about um, EFT and tapping and and uh, some of the issues around that emotional freedom technique and. And it was a great conversation, and I, I found it uh, particularly helpful myself and, and got good feedback from listeners. So it's great to have you back. Today, we're going to be shifting gears a little bit and talking about fear of COVID and compassion fatigue within organizations, generally speaking, but also specifically uh, within the leadership ranks, because leaders have taken on a big burden uh, over this last 18 months They've been expected to show compassion and empathy and to really help and support their people. And, you know, that's wonderful. That's that's what good leaders should do, right? But it does take a toll when we're in unprecedented, uncertain times and we're constantly trying to, to adjust and to pivot and to make uh, those types of transitions while also keeping everything in mind for the, the needs of your people. And often leaders don't have people looking out for them. So they're bear, bearing the burden of everything in their own personal lives and having to deal with the pandemic, but they're also trying to you know, take care of their people. So we'll explore all of that together uh, during our conversation today. As we get started, I wanted to share Katie's bio again with everybody. Katie Nall is a Florida mathematician, a TEDx speaker, a professional member of the National Speakers Association, and an accredited master trainer and practitioner in emotional freedom technique, also known as EFT or tapping. Dr. Nall enjoys showing others how to dissolve their waffles, worries, anxieties, fear, frustration, lethargy, and exhaustion, and stress. I love the, the acronym there, and I love everything that you do. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. You, you're doing some important work. Before we launch on into the conversation, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context? Um, no, I, I will tell you that this summer, my husband and I celebrated our 48th wedding anniversary. And um, it, that it, it's only because, um, as he says, I don't get stressed. 
but I'm a carrier. Everyone around me gets it <laughs> and he can just diffuse it. So, um, so we were excited to be able to have that many years together and to um, still hang in there. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's wonderful. Um, my wife and I um, hit 19 years. Whoa. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're excited about that. Yeah, uh, but we have a long ways to go before we get to 48. <laughs> yeah. Well, very good. So thank you so much for joining me again. Um, as we launch on into the conversation today, uh, perhaps we can just lay a little bit of groundwork and, and background and context uh, to this. I, I, I did a little bit in the introduction, but how would you like to frame the, this current situation we're in? We're 18 months into this pandemic. I, you know, more or less, I think we've kind of figured out how we're going to respond, at least in the, you know, the immediate, you know, here and now, uh, but we have still long-term uncertainty and frankly, organizations, you know, uh, are struggling with, do we bring people back in, in person? Do we have a hybrid work environment? Do we keep people remote? Uh, how do we take care of the needs of our organization and, and, you know, have good, strong, organizational culture, if people are scattered uh, and not together in the office, like these are all the types of things people continue to think about and to worry about, you know, as well as the health of their people. Um, anything else you would like to share by way of kind of your own framing of this uh, as we get started? Jonathan, what I'm seeing is very diverse um, responses. Uh, it depends a lot on socioeconomic and culture. I work with a lot of nonprofits and they're seeing a lot of compassion fatigue. These people are compassionate, want to help others. And they, they lost, they, they were at their limit months ago. <laughs> and they still know that they have to keep going. In terms of the leaders, the leaders are at their, their very top too. And so many of them, we don't know what we're doing, right? Dr. Selne said that the top three reasons for stress are uncertainty, lack of information, and loss of control. We're hitting all three of them right now. So in addition to those little stressors like, oh my gosh, there's a detour on the way to work, or I haven't folded the laundry, or all those little stressors that we experience every day, we have some large stressors that are hitting all of us all the time, which is part of the reason why I think we're seeing a little bit more road rage. We're seeing um, a lot of anger, a lot of short tempers, and it's on both sides, right? Um, it's on the workers who are trying so hard to, to get things done. And it's also on the consumers who, I just want to get out of here, right? And then also on the socioeconomic part, I know um, I've been working with some nonprofits and I see a real divide on, you know, one group who, who are working to help others. And then another group who are basically trying to survive. I mean, there are people in America right now who don't have, you know, food, who don't have a place to live. And especially with the uh, rescind, rescind of the, the mortgage or the, um, uh, the rental, um, um, the foreclosure and things like that, that there are, there are people in dire straits and we're not hearing about that. So I, I, I think everybody is kind of like stretched. So it's even more important now, more than ever to get a handle on our own personal um, stress level and what we can do to combat compassion fatigue in ourselves and each one of us individually, regardless of where we are, and especially for leaders, especially for leaders, um, to be able to give clarity, to be able to um, have a direction for people to go, 
they need more, they need more um, something that they can count on because so much is they can't count on anything. And that that's a real struggle. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, just adding to the whole COVID pandemic environment, we continue to have, you know, political unrest, socioeconomic unrest. We have other, you know, like climate change issues and we have the fires and the hurricanes. Um, you know, I, I was just um, messaging with, with a colleague um, back East and, and they're, they're dealing with that right now. Uh, you know, they're just, so all the normal kind of day-to-day stresses uh, are still there. Um we seem to just be having heightened levels of, you know, we have drought and we have fires and we have natural disasters. Like that adds a level. We have, we still have the pandemic going on. Uh, and we're still, you know, speaking for the U S now, but in the U S still, you know, we're a pretty fractured nation in terms of, um, divisive politics and such. And so like, it's just, you know, piled all, all on top of each other. And, and so it is a challenge to navigate all of this, certainly. And I have always been, excuse me, I've always been a big believer in, you know, servant leadership and, and leaders that can focus first on the needs of their people and to help their, you know, their people uh, maximize their potential. But that takes emotional, a a tremendous amount of emotional energy uh, and and self-awareness from, from a leader to be able to do that in a meaningful way. And when, when they're trying to do that, expected to do that. Uh, at increasing levels, you know, more than ever before, while dealing with more than ever before, uh, you know, everyone has their breaking point. There's only so much people can handle. And, and I do worry about that. I worry about burnout. I worry about just the mental health of everyone, but certainly, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, something we have to be concerned about for everybody, but of our leaders, are our leaders getting the mental breaks that they need? Are they getting the, uh, the support that they need? And for, for most, I would say the answer is no. Uh, they're, they're just kind of dealing with it. And there's only so long everyone can deal with that before you, you're going to start to see cracks and you're going to start to see um, other you know, negative manifestations of, of the strain that is on uh, leaders and organizations right now. I, I agree, Jonathan, and I, I see that um, I facilitate a mastermind for entrepreneurial leaders, and um, one of the biggest things they say is they're so glad they have that community of support, because if you don't have a community of support and you're out there on your own, we see, uh, I'm in Florida, <laughs> and it's a hotbed of everything right now, and I, I read every day about another school board member, which is a paid position. It's a paid leadership position in Florida. And these people are resigning like crazy because they don't want to they don't want to deal with the controversy. They don't want to. And they have no one else to turn to. Um, so I think it's that feeling of isolation coupled with that sense of responsibility. And those two things together are, are just too much. Um, and, and you don't want to. You don't want to lean down, you know, into your vice presidents and your others. So working with presidents and leaders of corporations has been fabulous to be able to help them get a sense of stability and really a sense of understanding. Because so many people, when I talk to them about stress, and one of the things I ask them, as you well know, is where do you feel it in your body? And most people are like, in my body, you know, we think it's like something in our mind, but where are you feeling stress in your body and how it's impacting it? 
one of the biggest things to, to recognize is that when we are on our sympathetic nervous system, our stress nervous system all the time, we are negatively impacting our body. We're not giving our body a chance to rest and recuperate, to digest, to heal. And we're, we are destroying our immune system. And right now, more than ever, we have to like strengthen our immune system. And that's why it's important to recognize this sense of isolation, this sense of responsibility that can be a breaking point if you don't recognize it. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, you know, rec- recognition is the first step, right? Self-reflection, understanding where you're at. Are you coping okay? Uh, or are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you getting close to burnout? You know, we need to do that work within ourselves so we can understand that, right? And and if there's no shame in just admitting that, like just recognizing, yeah, this is really hard. Um, everyone uh, will understand if you come to that realization and try to take some personal time, you know, for, for, uh, your mental health and just for your own well-being. Um, so start there, of course, we, we need to have that kind of realization. We need to be honest with ourselves. Um, but then we need to move into other stress management, healthy stress management and anxiety coping, um, techniques, there's all sorts of unhealthy coping techniques that people do all the time. (laughs) You know, we self-medicate in all sorts of ways. Um, There's just so many different things that we do that aren't going to make it better. They kind of provide relief in the short term, but in the long term, it just takes us down a negative spiral. So what are some of the things that we should be thinking about? Uh, I suppose, you know, as a leader, both what can I do for myself to make sure that I'm practicing self-care and managing my stress and anxiety effectively Uh, But also, you know, so I can model for my people and empower them to also do those same types of things. What are some of those uh, tactics, those those techniques and strategies? So um, you're so right, Jonathan, Uh, recognizing it, first of all, just both in yourself and also recognizing the others. So if the three characteristics of stress are uncertainty, lack of information and loss of control as a leader, You can make things certain and reliable and consistent, right? That would help. Um, You can know what they say. There's no such thing as a good surprise. Uh, No no more surprise. And giving them a sense of control. Um, There are so many things that you can do as a leader within within that, that arena. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. 
as surprisingly, one of the best ways to combat stress and to increase your immune system is laughter. Bring some fun in, have a good time, find something, you know, get a friendly competition. Um, I know I led a, I facilitated a group the other day and uh, we had like two minutes to try and celebrate all the good things that we did. And we're like, oh, what should we do? Well, we brought out some beach balls and we played some music and we danced and threw those beach balls around and it kind of gives people an outlet. So have some fun. Of course, there's always yoga and meditation and all those things that we say we're going to do and we put off. (laughs) But laughter is a really easy thing to do, right? Uh, Now, that would be for individually. As a leader, I was so impressed to read about Nike closing down their corporate offices for one week. I thought that was brilliant. Giving people a chance to breathe, giving them a chance to you know, uh, catch a breath. And I couldn't find in the article whether it was paid or not. But the clients I've been working with, Jonathan, are like, I don't care. I I don't care. But having a week off where I'm not going back to a week's worth of work, right? Because if you you have the whole company have a week off, then there's not going to be 3,000 emails to come back to like you do after a vacation. I thought that was kind and and, um, just a real compassionate leadership thing to do is to recognize the stress and what people are are going under and then to provide an outlet for them. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. And that's a really interesting strategy. And I, I really, I plan on digging into that a little bit more to try to understand what their um, thought process was leading up to um, that decision. Because I think lots of leaders have been grappling with, well, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with the burnout? How do we deal with the the struggles? Um, And this is a pretty unique response. Like, okay, we're going to shut down. We're going to give everyone a week. And I I think it's a tremendous thing. Um, And I would love to to just know more about how those strategic discussions went for them to get, you know, to that place, because, because I think that's just a a really incredible thing. Um, And, and you, you mentioned many other you know, individual things that we can all do. And I love the laughter uh, suggestion. Can we find ways to just lighten the mood? Everyone is just, there's so much just tension and kind of darkness uh, hovering over everybody nowadays. Can we just find ways to lighten the mood and give people a chance, like you said, a couple of times to take, just take a breath and, and relax a little bit. Uh, Can we model that for our people uh, to, to recognize that we don't have to be on all the time. Uh, you know, there, there is a time and a place for us to get, you know, put our nose to the grindstone and just, um, you know, be productive, but, you know, lots of research shows that that's not all the time. We can't, we can't be thoroughly focused and productive in a sustainable way, you know, really more than a several hours a day. Um, And so we let's focus on, you know, the, the things that we need to do, cut out the things that aren't necessary um, and, and then give people a chance to celebrate, have some fun, have some laughter, just some, bring some levity back into the organization and, and just help people feel supported in just being where they're at. Like we, we can't fix it. You know, I, I don't have a magic wand. I can't, just automatically change things like right here in Utah right now. Um, we've had some fires here uh, and, and, you know, sometimes that hurts air quality, but 
but our air quality the last three weeks has been horrendous, like really terrible. And it's not from our fires. It's from the fires on the West Coast in California, Oregon, and Washington, and all the smoke coming in, and it's just getting trapped. And, and like I'm looking out my window right now, it, I would think it's like a cloudy day, but it's not. It's clear skies, except all the smoke. <laughs> it's just horrible. Like you don't even want to go outside. Um, and so when you just have that kind of stuff, that's always there. It, it takes a mental toll, even if you're not realizing it, you know, I go about, it's not like I'm spending every second of every day thinking about all this air quality, the smoke is horrible. Um, but it's there in the back of my mind so consciously, and it takes its toll. And so just the levity, the, the opportunity to, to, uh, to take a breath and to have some fun and to just enjoy each other's company and, and have laughter. It, it, it just takes a load off. It just really does. Yesterday I had a chance. Um, it was kind of a last minute thing. I wasn't planning on it. I was planning on just really actually taking a restful afternoon, uh, maybe watching a movie. And instead I ended up um, going out and visiting several neighbors and wow. for, for about two hours, you know, we just had a chance to chat with people that you know, I, I know and love that I haven't had a chance to really interact with a whole lot over the last 18 months. And it was invigorating, right? It, it just, it, it, uh, it was so wonderful to just have that connection and to laugh with them. You know, we, we see people at work every day, whether it's through the screen or in person, we see them every day. Let's, let's learn how to uh, just be with each other uh, and provide that kind of authentic comfort level um, for everyone. And if I can do that as a leader, I mean, that's going to take a huge load off of me just trying to help, you know, camaraderie. How do I, how do I, um, make sure everyone's working well together and being productive? Like, these are the things leaders think about a lot. And if you can just create an environment where people can be their authentic self and just be comfortable with each other and laugh, you know, that's a, a big part of the battle, I think. And there's so many easy things that could be done, Jonathan. Uh, for instance, um, and I apologize. I think they're doing some uh, work outside of my window um, if it's disruptive. Um, there's so many easy things to be done. Like I've, I've heard of uh, one young mother who had an infant child that wouldn't be quiet. And so during the staff meeting, the, um, the leader said, bring the child in your lap. And that was such a loving, kind, thoughtful, compassionate thing to do, which calmed the mother down, calmed the baby down, and nobody minded. Another thing I know in our mastermind, uh, whenever somebody has a birthday, we do a Zoom version of singing happy birthday to them. And um, I will admit, none of us are uh, singing quality at all. So it ends up being a laugh fest. Uh, and so doing things like that, singing a song together, um, dancing together. I know sometimes in some of the presentations I do, I'm like, okay, everybody stand up. We're going to move. And, and we do some dancing. Um, dancing is a great way to relieve stress and to um, allow, to build your immune system. Some very simple, inexpensive things can do. Yeah. Where, where it can it can drop your stress level, increase your immune system, which is also going to increase productivity. One of the things that I offer when I work with corporate clients is, in addition to speaking to the group, I will offer a certain number of tapping sessions that they can use for whoever they want, whenever they want. And so they have different tapping sessions. So maybe somebody needs three tapping sessions and somebody needs none. Um, so that's another way to, to kind of, you know, offering services that are going to be helpful to the 
to the um, entire company, which they will, they'll see an increase in their, in their bottom line for sure. Yeah. And don't underestimate the power of just getting up and moving, right? Uh, Whether it's dancing or literally just like taking a walking meeting, (laughs) just, just get up and move around a little bit. Uh, it, it, It can make a big, big difference. Uh, in your mood, it can make a big, big difference for the, just the, like you, you said a couple times, the stress and anxiety you feel in your body. When I get up and move around, um, it's, it's like a physical release. Like I, I can, I can shed some, not all of it, but I can shed some of it. Um, and so we, we just get stuck behind our screens way too much, uh, for way too much of the day we need to, to move around. I, I can't remember if I mentioned this to you on our last um, episode together, um, but I'm, I'm quite impressed by my, uh, my, my two teenage daughters. Um, you know, they, they have their kind of teenage jobs and they work in fast food. My, uh, my oldest teenage daughter, she works at uh, in and out. It's a hamburger uh, company and uh, a fast food place. And, and, but they, they're known for just being really good to their people, a people centric organization. They treat their employees very well. So my high school, you know, teenaged, um, high school student daughter who's working at this fast food place, um, gets treated so well, like so much better than I probably was ever treated in any organization, uh, for a really long time. Right. Right. And it always impresses me like what they do. One of the simple things they do though, is they, and think again, this is fast food, right? Um, not a place we normally consider to be like the epitome of people centric organizations. Um, they they make it a requirement that their employees take stretch breaks uh like every it's like every 45 minutes they have to stop what they're doing and they have to take five minutes of stretch breaks <laughs> no wow. jo- no joke isn't it amazing and I so so they just it's just part of their routine every day and of course they stagger so they still have coverage and people you know the customers get um get their food and everyone's happy but but they get that um just consistently uh, all day long. And so if, if my, whether my daughter's working a three hour shift or an eight hour shift, you know, she's getting just the consistency of not only being on her feet, doing the work, but taking time to just take a mental break, take a stretch, uh, uh, a stretch break. And there's so many reasons for that, right? There's so many health reasons for that. And I'm sure, I'm sure in and out has thought about, you know, the, the productivity gains from that kind of a practice. They thought about the reduce in workplace injuries, reduction in workplace injuries that come as a part of that. Uh, so all that goes into it. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly there's, there's certainly tangible beneficial outcomes in, in reducing costs and increasing productivity for organizations, but it also just comes down to, they, they're just good to their people. Um, and, and so I think all leaders just really need to think about that. Like, what can we do? What can I do for myself? How can I model then for my people? And then what can I do for my uh, organization and for my team uh, just to make sure that everyone uh, can, you know, be on top of their game and that we're not succumbing to this, this COVID empathy fatigue, the, the, uh, and just everything associated with it. And I think Jonathan, if they also uh, remember those three pieces, uncertainty, lack of information, and loss of control, and take those into account. Um, I know a, a lot of leaders are starting trying to pivot and trying to figure out what to do next. So if they involve their staff, so that the staff knows what's coming. If they give the staff some sense of control over changes and things like that, what a difference it can make. 
Excellent. Well, Katie, it has been a real pleasure. The time has flown by again. Uh, we're, we're towards the end of our time, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, so I can be reached at hello at drnall.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at D-R-N-A-L-L.com. I have a lot of offerings. I'm doing training on tapping. I have a mastermind and I give speeches. I'm a professional speaker. You can find out more at my website, which is Nall, N-A-L-L, followed by the word edge, E-D-G-E, co.com it's knowledgecompany.com and if you go there under topics there's a lot of things that i have to offer so wonderful thank you so much katie it has been a pleasure i encourage listeners to reach out get connected find out more about what katie and her team can do for you and as always i hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day and i hope you all have a great week alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.